We're only at number eight, and you're already breaking the rules. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 207. McDonald's sells 75 hamburgers every second of every day. No, McDonald's did not make our top 20 meals list, but McDonald's in Japan is really, really good. Ah, food. One of my favorite reasons to travel, sometimes even the number one reason that I do travel. I absolutely love eating while traveling. And another thing that I absolutely love while traveling is making sure that I have a few pieces of high quality travel gear. And as you guys know, my Tortuga backpack is one of the number one things that I always recommend for any traveler looking to get high quality good gear. So if you're interested in your next backpack and you want one that is the perfect size to be a carry-on but fit everything that you need no matter how long of a trip that you're going on, I urge you go over to tortugabackpacks.com. Check out the selection that they have there. They're adding new products every once in a while. They've branched out from just a regular backpack to now a few other versions as well. So check that out, tortugabackpacks.com. And of course, don't forget to use the promo code EPOP. That's E-P-O-P, all capital letters, because that will get you 10% off anything you order. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is a person whose sophisticated wine-drinking ways are the perfect complement to my now beer-snobby ways, my wife and constant travel companion, Heather. Hey, everyone. And I am super excited for today's show. It is jam packed with lots of good stuff. I'm excited for a few reasons. One, because we're talking food, 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 and drink, 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 and that's always a good time. Yes, especially the more you travel and the more you explore new places, some of the best parts about that is eating and drinking. And we're doing our year in review series here for 2015, and that's always fun for us to sit down, reflect, and look back on all the great things that we were able to do in 2015. So as part of this series, We've already released our kind of superlatives episode where we give you the best and worst of our 2015. We kind of give you all the stats behind our 2015, how many miles we traveled, how many places we slept, all this great information. But we wanted to do a separate episode on food and drink because while we were making our list, I actually had on their best meal and I just started listing out a bunch and I said, hey, do you think we could do a whole podcast out of this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we love to eat, we love to drink. And, you know, when I was first making my list, I was having a hard time remembering some of the great meals we've had. But now I like definitely could have probably written a lot more. Once it starts, it just kind of kind of gets rolling. And we know that you love listening to food and drink recommendations as well. It's kind of a it is a big part of what we do. And so in this episode, each of us is going to reveal 
our top 10 foods that we ate in 2015. And so we will count down from 10 to 5 each. And then we're going to have a little interlude, a little special section where we talk about some of the good beer we drank and places we drank this year. We talk about wine, which Heather is well-versed in. And we also talk about, Heath, one of your favorite things, coffee. Yes. So we're going to keep you on your toes there. And then we'll go into uh, the countdown to our number one. So a little interlude there in the middle of the show so we can touch on wine, beer, coffee. But let's jump right into it. Each of us have written down our top 10 things that we have eaten in 2015. They span the globe all over from places in the U.S. to places super far away, exotic. And uh, let's just jump right into it. Heth, do you have any honorable mentions? Were you able to pare it down to 10? Well, I didn't know we were going to do honorable mentions. So, Well, I actually don't have any honorable mentions this time. I paired mine to 10. This is wow. This is like breaking new ground over here. Uh, no, I do not have any honorable mentions because I have just 10. You followed the rules. I followed the rules for once. Um, although, I mean, technically, some of my answers might encompass more than one place. That's okay. All <laughs> right. We'll start with you, ladies, first. What is the 10th best thing that you ate this year? So this is something that I actually added to my list last because I had kind of forgotten about it. And when I was going over like our schedule, our calendar of the year and kind of where we started our year, we went to Colorado. And specifically, we went to Boulder and we hung out with Jason Moore from the Zero to Travel podcast. And we were staying with him in Boulder. And we went to this place called Sherpa's. Sherpas. Okay. I bet and you forgot about Sherpas. I did. As as always, we did not talk about our list beforehand. So it is a surprise what each one of us is going to say. So go ahead. Why Sherpas number 10? Sherpas is number 10 because we really enjoy Indian food, but we have a special place in our hearts for Nepalese food, even though we've never been to Nepal. But when we lived in Japan, there was this restaurant called Nepal Kitchen that was right down the street from our apartment, and we went all the time, and we loved it. And since then, you know, we've tried Indian places, but we've never been able to find another Nepalese place, whereas Sherpas is a Nepalese restaurant, and the curry is just just like slightly different than you would find at some in- Indian restaurants. And it just makes it special and it's really delicious. And yeah, I really liked going there. And we made Jason go quite a few times. So we, every time we go to Boulder, we always make him go. And we should mention too that this, this, the best meal idea, best food idea, obviously the taste of the food is a huge part of it, but it's also the experience. And what I love so much about Sherpas is it's in this old house in Boulder, um, they have all this climbing stuff because the guy who owns it, Pemba Sherpa, is a part of the Sherpa family. So he takes people back and they climb Everest. So all it's a really cool vibe in there. They also have really great lunch specials. So you can't beat that when you're getting really good food at a really good price. Nice. Sherpa's number 10. I did forget about that. My number 10 is taking us across the globe, very far from Boulder, Colorado. And that is to a tiny island of Thailand, called Colanta. Really? And this is the Oreo milkshake oh at a my place gosh. called Monkey Business <laughs> at a little <laughs> hut in Colanta, Thailand. And I had to put this on here. We aren't going to do a special desserts episode, although I, I probably could come up with more. But what was so great was, again, the experience. It was just this little place that um that a uh, girl and her sister, I believe, ran. 
you know, had a little bit of outdoor seating and um, she made the best Oreo milkshake I've ever had. And I loved the signs in her shop. Like, they, you know, they were making handmade coffees and milkshakes and all that stuff. So it took a little while because there's only one person doing it. And there was a sign that said, like, if this is taking too long, don't worry. The, or, or head to the nearest Starbucks. And it said 350 miles. And it had an arrow pointing, <laughs> I guess, probably towards Bangkok. And uh, it was just cool. It was a really cool place. We got the milkshakes. They were fantastic. And then we actually got a milkshake on our way out of town because we had to take the van all the way back to Krabi to fly out. I forgot about that. Yeah, and so I waited like 15 minutes as the driver was sitting there with the van on. Like, we got to hurry up. I waited 15 minutes to get a couple milkshakes for everyone. It was really, really, really good stuff. Yeah, that was a great little coffee shop plus cafe. You know, they had lots of different drinks. And, you know, the best thing about... Colanta is that you're never too far from the beach so you kind of just like walk away from the beach and there's this cafe and you know it had sand on the floor of it so you it's just it was I love a total like that. beach vibe I have a feeling the island of Colanta will come up later I'm not sure but I have a feeling that will come up later on one of our lists yeah so my number nine is also taking us to that part of the world but it's not in Thailand surprisingly enough and this is a dish that we had in Bagan in Myanmar. And we went to this little place called Leo's, which only had outdoor seating. And it had pretty good food and it had like books where you could, you know, take a book and read and just hang out. And so the vibe was really cool. But we got this chicken salad. It was like a spicy chicken salad and it was cold. It wasn't a hot chicken salad. And it just had you know, slices of peppers and onions and shredded chicken with this really nice, spicy, refreshing dressing on it. Yeah. It was awesome. And we got it at least three times. And we were only in Bagan for four days. So... To set the scene a little bit, we had arrived in Bagan. We had no idea where to go. We took a little motorbike out. And there was a street with all these restaurants, just this like dirt road. And there's all these restaurants. And it said Leo, and it looked like the Leo sign for the beer over there, the um, the Thai beer, or Indonesia, the Thai beer called Leo. And I'm like, oh, why don't I take it down here? And I went, yeah, and it was you know $2 or less than $2 for the salad. And it was just a really good place because we tried a bunch of other restaurants on that little restaurant row, if you want to call it that. It's really a dirt road with shacks outside. <laughs> and um, this was the best one. We actually got it when we were going to take an overnight bus trip. Uh, the day we were leaving, we knew we were going to be hungry on this overnight bus trip. So I went over and got him to pack us up two of those salads. And then we never even ate them and we, by accident because we left them on the bus. But they were really, yeah, really refreshing because it was super hot there in Bagan. And so it was just an awesome way to, to get something fresh in your system. Yeah. And I kind of wish that, I mean, I had said when we were there that I was going to try to recreate that salad at home and I haven't done it yet. So... But really simple, and that's why I love the dishes in Southeast Asia and that part of the world. Usually, it's not a ton of ingredients. It's really simple, really fresh stuff, but it is. it is. It's such a fresh, good taste. My number nine, we're, we're leaving Southeast Asia just for a little bit. We'll come back. Uh, my number nine is taking us to South Africa, and we went to Cape Town, and we had some wonderful eating experiences in Cape Town. And one of those was the breakfast at Friedenberg oh, Manor, which is a and b that we stayed in that we talked about in the other episode when we talked about some of the best and worst of the year. Um, spoiler alert, it's one of the best. And it was a fantastic B&B in the wine region outside of Cape Town. And they had a breakfast that was complimentary. And so we stayed 
four different nights or five nights. So we ended up eating breakfast five different times. And every time it was just fabulous. They did a fantastic job. My favorite. So every time they brought you out little, um, like at first they brought you out a little yogurt cup with granola and fresh like a fruit. Parfait. Parfait. And then you could pick from a menu. And my favorite, even when it wasn't on the menu, because once they had these out as a little buffet, and I loved them so much that then I'd ask them to get it for me the next day, were the cinnamon pancakes with this caramel and banana, like caramel sauce that had bananas in it. It was to die for not good for the calorie (laughs) counting but absolutely amazing yeah and believe it or not they actually said that you know we were there in the low season and you know the owners or the the people who were running the b&b at the time they said this is nothing this breakfast is nothing compared to actually what it is in the high season this is just like a fraction of the options and we were just blown away so we have to go back in the high season to really experience all it has to offer. We I have think. to go back. And the experience is fantastic, too, because you wake up and they just serve you there and it's in an old manor house. And um, we usually ate so much during breakfast that then we would only have to eat one more meal during the day. Like we eat like a late lunch or early dinner and we are good to go. And that was all included in our, I think, $70 a night price for three of us. So it was fantastic. Yeah, that's a great spot. I totally forgot about that spot. That's why it's fun not to talk about it ahead of time. I know. And that's why it's fun to even just do the the reviews, you know, at the end of the year, because you forget about things you've done. I mean, the, the year flies by, but you most people have done a lot of things they don't even remember. Okay, so my number eight, we are going to go back to Southeast Asia, and I have to have Thailand on my list at least once. So here's the first shout out. And this is where I kind of break the rules a little bit because this is kind of encompassing a few days of eating. We're only at number eight, and you're already breaking the rules. So we went to Thailand for our friend Nui's wedding. She's Thai. She married a French-Italian man. They're both in the restaurant business. So you know they love food. They love to eat good food. They love to create good food. So we were there for her wedding. And the one day we are driving to this hotel up in the mountains outside of Chiang Mai, and we're all on motorbikes. And we're about halfway up to the hotel. It took us about an hour, hour and a half to drive up there. Yeah, about an hour and a half. And that was fun in itself because we had like six motorbikes kind of going around in a, a little, little caravan. caravan. Yeah, it was really cool. And then like all of a sudden you see, you know, Nui and, and her fiance at the time, Francis, pulling over on the side of the road and there's like just all these roadside stalls and whatever and you the smell is just incredible because they're making some chicken and it's like almost like a deep fried chicken but like a whole chicken is kind of like dropped in some type of frying mixture pot pot. i mean you know because it wasn't didn't have like a breading on it they were like we got to get this chicken this is great chicken so we pull over we get the chicken they get sticky rice then we they pack it all up in a bag for us Then we go on and we stop next to this like elephant preserve at this cafe where we get fresh juices and we just sit there in the jungle looking at these elephants and we break into all of this really yummy crispy chicken and sticky rice. And it was like maybe $5 for all of us to eat the food. And it was so good. I don't know if you even remember this, Trap. Like, I remember it. I, I, I would not have put it on my list. It was very good, but I would not have put it on my list. It was so good. And it was just so unexpected. And you're just like in the middle of nowhere outside of Chiang Mai. And, you know, it, it was just really cool to have that experience. And then the, the days following that, we went to Khan Ken, which is where Nui is from. And we just went to some really local restaurants and experienced some things that I didn't like as much. Like, what were the things with the ant? 
pods in I don't them. know. Like ant pods. I don't yeah, know. Something like, with ant pods. Yes. It was yeah. Like actual not ants. Not our favorite. No. So that wasn't great. But some of other things that we had, you know, that we never would have tried if it wasn't for Nui being there and showing us the local culture of that area of Thailand. So eating with a local in Thailand and specifically that chicken on the roadside on the way yes. up to Pan Vivian yes. Resort. And those lettuce wraps we had at the restaurant for lunch that day was really good. There you go. I We should mention, too, we are going to talk about our worst meal because we're going on about our best meal. In the interlude part, we will talk about our worst meal. I'm really excited to see what Heather, or interested to see what Heather says for that. Uh, we might have the same one. It was pretty bad. My number eight, staying on the theme of chicken, but coming back to the U.S., <laughs> this was the hot chicken sandwich at Gray's on Main in Franklin, Tennessee. <laughs> We went that and visited. That is so funny because I'm just going to say that my next one, number seven, is that exact sandwich. All right. So, so let's, let's talk, just combine let's it. Let's talk about it together. We were in uh, Tennessee. We were going to Nashville for the first time. Heather's sister lives in Franklin. Cute little town. So we went there. Um, there's a really cool restaurant and a really fantastic building there called Gray's on Main. We went in. We met a friend and there was a hot chicken sandwich that we didn't know was this good. I mean, they, you know, the, the waiter said it was great. And I think all three of us got it. And yeah. it was to die for. And it, it was it, so good. And the fries were awesome. Well, because the, they're truffle fries. So they're cooked in truffle oil, which makes them so amazing. But yeah, if, I don't know if you've never been to the South or you've never been in Tennessee, they have this thing called hot chicken. So it's fried chicken, but it's very spicy. And we went to a couple other places in Nashville that were, you know, highly recommended as the best hot chicken in Nashville. Hattie Bees. Hattie Bees, which was very good, but I definitely liked the sandwich better. Me too. So if you're in or around, if you're in Franklin, Tennessee, if you're in Nashville and you're going out to Franklin, Gray's on Main. Yeah, the owner was really sweet too. They have some good cocktails there. It was a really neat space. They even have live music. I'm just playing it up. It's just a great place. And the hot chicken sandwich. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm dreaming Loved about it. it. I'm Loved dreaming it. about it All right, right now. So that, we tied for number eight there. So now it's your go. Well, no, because that, no, that was oh, my that was number, number seven. seven. So you have to double Excuse up and go to me. your number we seven. We doubled up there. My number seven, look at that, moving ahead right along, is this was had not only amazing food, and I really am surprised it's not higher. That shows you how good the food is we had this year because everything on here is is fantastic. But the experience we had was even better. And that was doing Eat With, which is basically the Airbnb for eating meals in people's homes. And um, we did an Eat With program with Jenk and Anna in Istanbul. And Istanbul, had we, had we were there for four days and it would have been two days and it was not our favorite spot. We, fe- we couldn't felt like we didn't really have a good feel of Istanbul. So we, we used Eat With. Uh, it was about $40 a person. And it's really cool. They'll put the menu out there. You know, you can read reviews of other people. Sometimes you, it's just you and your your crew, and then with with the host. Sometimes it's you and other people. Um, in this case, it was just Heather, my sister, and I going to Jenk and Anna's house. And what was so cool is we met Jenk after work. He took us to the other side of Istanbul, to the Asian side, because we were staying on the European side. That's where he worked. We went through the market with him. He showed us all the food he was buying for dinner. Went back to his apartment. His wife, Anna, was awesome. They had a little baby. We got to play with them. And they made, in this tiny apartment and tiny kitchen, they had like so an eight-course meal. 
and it was fabulous. It was food. so good, so amazing. Like different types of fish and appetizers, and then they even had this amazing dessert that had like some really crispy. I could not stop eating this dessert. Yeah. They brought out a whole like you know we're talking ten inch pan, probably three inches thick. You know something that you would make a whole like um lo- I don't know like a whole pan of cornbread in or something, and it just sat in front of us. We stayed there till two thirty a.m. And uh, they helped us get a taxi back. And then we actually met with them the next day. They took us to some local bars. It was just a great experience. But I mean, not to downplay the food, the food was fantastic as well. It was really, really fun. I can't remember the names of everything that they made us, but literally their kitchen table was full of plates with all the different courses. And that had to be cleared off because then they brought on like a whole nother round of plates. So if you get a chance... Heather, I, I, I would highly recommend Eat With, would you? Oh, absolutely. I want to, I mean, if I want to do it more, even in the US, it's in a lot of cities here too. So, yeah. So, Jenk and Anna's place, they're not in Istanbul anymore. They moved to San Diego and they opened up a food truck. So, if you're out in San Diego, I can't remember the name of the food truck right now, but we'll try to link it in the show notes. Um, check them out. Their food was fantastic. And it was, it was an experience that was totally unexpected for us. Awesome. So my number six is back in the U.S. and we are in Texas. So I don't know if this is on Travis's list. It might be. But we did a taco tour in Texas. Now, to be fair, self-guided it was our tour. self-guided taco tour. We ate a lot of tacos in Texas. And then we also were in Mexico. and We had a lot of tacos there as well. But my absolute favorite place in Austin was Torchy's Tacos. This will be after the interlude for me, but not very <laughs> far after. We'll, we'll preface this. It's my number five. So it's your number six. Okay. It's my number five. And we, yes, this taco tour was, well, we both love tacos, but I basically was looking up where to get the best tacos in Austin. And, you know, there was a lot of people giving a lot of recommendations, but I saw a bunch pop up and I wanted to go to the 10 best taco places in Austin that, you know, I kind of curated all this content and we did and we shot videos for it and we're going to make into a YouTube video and we haven't done that yet. But Torchy's was on almost everyone's list. And it just, it's cool. It's so good. They have lots of unique different pairings on their tacos. You know, like classic ones, but then they have, you know, like the, what was the one? The garbage the, the truck or... Garbage or something. Something like that where it's like... Fried, fried chicken, chicken and cheese and, and ranch, ranch dressing. dressing. Which, okay, sounds really disgusting, but it's good. That wasn't even my favorite one though, because they have so many really great, like there's Seer the shrimp tuna. one is good and... Just everything they create there is really good and it goes to show you because the lines are always long no matter when you go. The middle of a weekday, you know, it's always packed there. So Yeah, Torchies, they have a few locations. We went to the one on First Avenue, like uh, near South Congress. And we went in, yeah, on a regular, yeah, it was a Tuesday or Wednesday. And there was an, it was a, it's a food truck there. And it was at least a 45-minute wait to get your tacos, and it was worth it, and to the point that then we actually went back again after that. So that was my second favorite taco place in Austin. After the interlude (laughs) will be my first um, love torchies. If you're in Austin and you like tacos, let us know in the comments of the show notes here what some of your favorite tacos. We will be coming back, and we will be eating more tacos. My number six 
is taking us from America back to Southeast Asia. This is like our travel thing. We're just bopping back and <laughs> forth and back. It's well, like you our, just had Istanbul, so. Yeah, it's our it's our tra- it's like our travel schedule though. We just come back, then we leave, then we come back. I'm going to Myanmar again, and this was the best food that I thought we had in the whole country. And that was at a place in Yangon in Myanmar called Feel 3 Myanmar Food. So it's either called Feel Myanmar Food or Feel 3 Food. It has two names. I have no idea why. But it's kind of an institution there. And you walk in and it's a it's like a big kind of open, not cafeteria. It's not that open, but it, it, there's a lot of tables everywhere. And then you walk up. We had no idea what to do, but we watched other people. You walk up to the buffet and you just start pointing to things. And they start putting it onto your plate, putting it onto your plate, you know, and then you go sit down and then they bring your plate or plate or plates because we had, we were with two other people and we probably had what? Oh, at least 15 different things. 15 to 20 different plates of food. You have no idea how much it costs. Now for me and Mar, this is fairly expensive. It was like for two people, it ended up being like 18 bucks, which obviously is steal in the US, but um, fairly expensive there. But we also ate our weight in food and some of the stuff there was fantastic. You really loved the didn't they have a little shrimp thing and you also yeah, love the meatballs had, yeah i mean just so many great things like lots of good vegetables and the shrimp was kind of like not a sweet and sour shrimp but similar to that type of of style and just really interesting things that we've never had before yeah and couldn't even tell you the name of to this day but that's what's the fun of it is you just go you point you you know they, they they'll speak some english so you can ask them like what type of meats in it and stuff like that they usually understand that it's just a really great experience, and you can try everything that you could ever want, and um, it's a it's a really cool vibe as well. So, if you're in Yangon, um, it's a really good way to get into the foodie culture of Myanmar is to go to Feel Three Myanmar Food. Yeah, that was definitely a great experience. All right, time for the interlude. I feel like we should have some piano music here. <laughs> We're going to the interlude. We want to talk beers, wine. And coffee. And so if you're someone who doesn't like beer, wine, or coffee, sorry, but we're going to talk a little bit about this because we had some fantastic experiences throughout this year. Why don't we start, Heth, with coffee? Because that is, that's kind of your go-to. Right. So I have a coffee place for three different continents, for the US, for Africa, and for Southeast Asia. Okay, go ahead. All right. So for... America. Everybody knows who's ever listened to me talk about coffee on this podcast that I really love barista in Portland, which I still do, but we didn't go to Portland this year at all, which is really crazy because usually we go at least once or twice a year. However, in Philadelphia, we have been exploring some more coffee places. So we've mentioned one shot that we've been to a few times and we like to work out of that cafe. But my favorite this year has been La Cologne, which is a huge institution these days. It's in so many different locations. They have, you know, places in D.C. and in Philly. They have two. They have some in New York. They have some. They just opened one in Boston, Chicago. So it's kind of becoming a bigger franchise, I guess you could call it, here in the on the East Coast of the U.S. But their coffee is amazing. Their food is absolutely fantastic, even though it's kind of expensive, but it's just really fresh and, and cooked really well. And they have like a bakery there. So I just love going there. It's awesome. And the founder of La Colombe, Tony... Todd. Todd Carmichael, Carmichael <laughs> is actually the guy who's, on, who's the host of Dangerous Grounds, if people have ever seen that TV right. show. 
So I really love that coffee place when we're here in Philadelphia. Now, when we are in South Africa, we had a lot of great coffee shops. I mean, I we went to like three different ones. Some really cool coffee culture there. Coming from someone who doesn't drink coffee, it was just cool to be around because they were interesting like cafes. Like I can still appreciate a cafe without even drinking the coffee. Right. So I won't go on and on about the cafe culture or the coffee <laughs> in South Africa, but my favorite one was Truth Coffee. And we've mentioned that in other podcasts. It's just really amazing, and I just I loved it. I even bought some grounds and and some beans and brought it back to the U.S. here. So, all right. So there's America, there's South Africa, and and Thailand. You know the one, Akaama, which we have mentioned in numerous other podcasts when we've talked about Thailand and about Southeast Asia and our destination diaries and stuff. Still your favorite coffee shop in the world, or has Truth or La Clome or somewhere else? Knock that off. I mean, Akaama is still number one because of so much time we spend in Thailand and just, it's So awesome. Akaama yeah. in Chiang Mai. And we've told a few friends to go there recently and they went and they loved it. So there's your little coffee fix. Let's move on to wine. The other thing you like to drink. It's oh. like coffee in the morning and then wine. See, so you're not going to jump in the middle with beer? I won't jump in the middle. I'll let you go right okay. into wine because I have a few wine places because you're, you're slowly... Not, I won't say beating me down. That makes it sound like a negative thing. You're slowly um, helping me understand the nuances of wine. At this point, there is some wine that I like, and there's some experience that is, that we've had with wine that I've really enjoyed too. And it's kind of become a really good symbiotic relationship, would you not say? I mean, I prefer beer over wine. You mm-hmm. prefer wine over beer, but you're starting to like craft beer more. I'm starting to like wine more. So now it's kind of fun. We kind of it's trade off. like a off. happy little marriage. Yeah, we kind of trade off here. So this year, we got to explore two different wine regions. So one obviously was in South Africa, but another one was in Arizona. Now, we I had no idea that Arizona even had any type of wine country, you know, vineyards or anything like that, but they do, and their wine is pretty good. So I really liked, uh, we went to this place called Arizona Stronghold, and it was in this little teeny tiny town of Cotton Cottonwood. 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 And we got to try some of their wines. I really liked their tasting room. I really loved their wine. So we brought some, we bought some and brought it back to Philly. And, you know, it's all gone now because we didn't buy that much. I wish we'd bought more. But I was really pleasantly surprised with the complexity they have in the red wines and very easy drinking. It's actually on my list, too. I wrote two things out for wine experiences, two good wine experiences for me this year. One was Arizona Stronghold in Cottonwood. And um, while we're talking about Cottonwood, I might as well throw a brewery in here. If you guys are the same as us, if you're listening, you travel as a couple or as a group, and one of you prefers wine to beer, hit up Arizona Stronghold in Cottonwood, then head over to a brewery that we almost didn't go to, but because we couldn't find it, and uh, and then we we finally did, and it's called That Brewery, T H A T. Awful name. Sorry, guys, if you're listening. It's just not a good name, but it is a fantastic brewery with some amazing beer. It's only been there a couple years, but we had a, a really good time at that brewery, and it is about a five-minute drive from Arizona Stronghold, again, in this little tiny town of Cottonwood that's on your way down to Phoenix from but, Sedona. Yeah, not even on the main way, though. It's not even right. on the highway. It's you you on should like make a, it on the way. Yeah, you should you go should out of your way. way to go to Cottonwood. So that brewery, yeah, really, really good beer and a cool vibe there. Yeah, that's so funny that you had Arizona Stronghold on your list, and I know that you're going to have the next one on your list, too. 
Definitely. Because... This is my favorite wine experience of all time. Yes. And it was a good one, which is why it's also on my list. Now, we'll just throw in the whole area of Stellenbosch as being a really awesome place to explore wineries because they have, I don't know, a hundred plus wineries oh, easily. in that whole area. And it's beautiful countryside right outside of Cape Town, a 45 minute drive. We had an absolutely wonderful time staying out in Stellenbosch area. We already and mentioned Friedenberg, Friedenberg Manor, Manor is where we stayed and had the awesome breakfast. So you get a good, nice breakfast mm-hmm. in your belly. You go out wine tasting. What could be better? Yeah. So I loved Annandale Winery, as did Travis. And why did you love it, Travis? So Annandale Winery, there are, I, I, I can't remember the number, but yes, over 100 on the Stellenbosch wine route. And they told us at the first one, go to Annandale. It's unlike any of the other ones. And what's really cool, they, they called it rustic. What they mean is there's it's no frills, no holds barred. You show up. It's an old barn. It's not beautiful like all the other ones. I, I thought mean, it was it's beautiful. It's beautiful in its own right, but it's... It's rustic. It's rustic. And the guys there who serve and you are probably pretty intoxicated by the time you come by. They have a braai there, which is like a barbecue. <laughs> and you're allowed to, which we didn't know, you're allowed to just bring your own meat. They have a barbecue going all day long where you throw your own meat down. You just, you could grow up your meat. You could drink their wine. The guy who's the owner of it used to be a um, South African national rugby team player, the Springbok. So he's this big hulking guy. And they just have a lot of fun. They, there's no pretense and it is, their wine is really and good. They only have red wine. So if you like white wine, eh, you might not enjoy this place as much, but the red wine was absolutely the best red wine we had in that area. It was so good. Annandale Winery, yes, in Stellenbosch is my favorite winery in the world. The wine's Whoa, good. Whoa, in the, the world? It's just a cool, it's so different from all these. The other wineries are great, but they're very. Mm-hmm. Upper crust, well, high class, fancy. What about Yearing Station in the Annandale. outside of Melbourne? That's really beautiful too. But yeah. Annandale in Stellenbosch uh, outside of Cape Town is my favorite. And so we're going to transition now. Do you have other wineries? Well, I had a shout out, which was yep. also in Stellenbosch, which you didn't like as much. And that was Jor- Jordan Wine Estate. And the reason Travis didn't like it is because it was a little bit expensive. I mean, you're still talking about South Africa, so it's not that bad. But it had the most stunning views of any place in all of Stellenbosch it that was we beautiful. went to. It had like this beautiful pond and this view of the mountains. And they had amazing, you know, a bakery with some tarts and breads and cheeses and meats and so you know I, me i got upset because the charcuterie plate was like two dollars more than i thought it should yeah, be two, like i think the charcuterie plate was like twelve dollars so whoop de do but it was beautiful so if you're going to go to any two wineries and you're in south africa you have to go to jordan and you have to go to annandale yeah you're getting both ends of the spectrum yeah. there and so speaking of south africa i'm going to run right into the beer list we talked about that brewery in cottonwood another this was so surprising because they talk about craft beer all over the place in Cape Town and and in South Africa. Problem is, their craft beer is Mm, usually pretty crap. Not so good. Until I found the one good place in South Africa, and it's called Devil's Peak, and they have a tap room, and they have a really good IPA, a really good double IPA. We actually went twice in the last two days when we actually found out about this place. A guy at a uh, market turned me on to it. He's like, all right, well, if you want a, a American style type IPA, something a little hoppier, try this Devil's Peak one. I'm like, that's pretty good. He said the brewery is right around the corner. So we went there. Really fun place. Great beer. Good food. If you're looking for craft beer in Cape Town, Devil's Peak Tap Room 
is the only place that I could recommend. <laughs> but it, but it's on par with some of my favorite breweries in, like in across the, US the world. Or yeah, in the U.S., it's it's really that good and really really fun. So Devil's Peak Tap Room, highly recommend in Cape Town, South Africa. Two that I want to mention in the United States. Of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my favorite brewery in the world, according to our brewery podcast from last year. I'm not going to spoil it and tell you if it's still my number one, but it is up there. That is Broken Compass Brewery in Breckenridge, Colorado. If you're in Breckenridge, you have to go to Broken Compass. They do not bottle. They do not can. As of right now, you have to go there. Great vibe and um, the best beer I've ever had in this wor- in the world. And it's the best all-around beer. Like Every beer they produce is absolutely delicious it is and it's and it, no one knows about it because it's just a small not no one but it's just a small brewery in breckenridge colorado speaking of small breweries we had a fantastic time this will be the last one i mentioned before we get back into our favorite meals and start counting down to number uh, one don't i get to talk about beer oh i'm sorry you do too this will be the last one i mentioned i said <laughs> see i call myself well i know which one and it's gonna be this is the mother road brewery in flagstaff arizona no frills Really, really good beer. You sit outside. I mean, you, you're right basically in the warehouse where they're brewing the beer. And uh, we actually had to wait because they didn't open till two. And we got there at one. And so we had to take a drive around and things like that. And then we went back and their beer was fantastic. And um, again, you can't buy it outside of like the Arizona area, which kind of stinks. But if you're passing through Flagstaff, check it out. There's a yeah. few breweries there, but Mother Road was our favorite. It was definitely really good. The IPA is one of both both of our favorite IPAs. And the things that I have listed on my brewery, other than Mother Road and, and also Broken Compass, these are ones that we actually, I, we've been to Deschutes, but not this year. But my favorite beer of the year was the Fresh Squeezed by Deschutes because it was kind of like my beer choice for the summer because it was really re- refreshing. And then I also liked the Grapefruit Sculpin. So. From Ballast Point. Yeah. Ballast and Point. those are widely available anywhere. So there's our little interlude with beers. Oh, we should do our worst meal. Are you ready to do the worst meal? Because we're going to count down five to one. We want to end on a high note of like okay. what's our best meal. So that's our beer, wine, and coffee experience, your worst meal of the year, if you had to pick one. You go first. My worst meal, and uh, this was really easy for me to think of, and I feel bad saying it because I never want to like. Yeah. You never want to be rude about stuff, but this was an awful meal, and we had some high expectations. It was a place called Will Lean's in Arniston, which is a tiny little town on the garden route outside of Cape Town. And oh. we stayed, the, the guys at Friedenberg Manor, as we've mentioned already, the, the, um, the managers there, Leon and Luke, told us to go stay at this little tiny fishing house on the sea. Sounded really romantic, not as romantic as it sounds. And they also told us the best mussels we've ever had in the world are at this little restaurant right next door to that house. And it, it, it's another person's house where they just happen to serve food. So we're like, wow, this sounds like it's going to be fantastic. We got there. They cooked meals for us. They didn't have mussels that night, so we can't speak to the mussels. But everything else we got was there's no way that the really mussels bad. would have been good because it was like the worst food you would have ever seen. Like no flavor. I got this shrimp dish that literally had no flavor. It was boiled shrimp, but there was nothing there. There, it would. It was. There was nothing. I don't know. I don't know if it was an off night or what was going on, but it was definitely the worst meal we had. 
So that was your worst meal yes. as well. It was awful. And I, you know, the whole experience was was not good because we we drove up. It was kind, it was like eight o'clock at night, so it was already dark. We get into this like fishing fisherman's house, which is very bare bones. It's freezing. It's like about maybe 45 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's very chilly. And yeah, it's just like the whole experience definitely could have been skipped. The, the so. whole point to go there was to wake up for the sunset over this beach, which we did. And then we got chased by a uh, stray, not a stray, but by a wild dog when we woke up to get up to sunrise after having an awful meal the night before, sleeping in a very uncomfortable place. We get up for sunrise, we go down the beach, we're like, all right, this is worth it. And then this wild dog starts chasing us around the beach and we literally had to like run away and jump in our car so that yeah, it wouldn't Yeah, it was awful. Us. So that was like a so, not a, a bad 12 hours. Bad 12 hours. That was the worst meal. All right, spinning it around, interlude over, hopping back in. We're counting down five to one of our best meals of 2015. So Hath, I already told you what my number five was. That was Torchy's Tacos in Austin, which we already talked about. So what's mm-hmm. your number five? Yeah, well, I kind of want to do an honorable mention now because... <laughs> throw it in. <laughs> I'm just going to throw it in because we the worst meal reminded me that the next day we had some of our best meals. So I don't know if the places that we ate at on the rest of that garden route trip made it on your list or not. Yes, there are some places. Okay, that made then it on I won't I won't shout it out. I just wanted to make sure that they were mentioned in the podcast. They will get okay. mentioned. I did not forget them. All right, to be continued then. My number five is also in Cape Town, in this whole South Africa. We, we had some great eating in Cape Town. Yeah. I, I don't think it's because it was our most recent big trip. I really don't. I just no, think definitely that the food not. is that good there. Yeah, it was awesome. So my number five, it's cheating again, but it's it's the markets. So we went to a couple different markets in Cape Town. One that we went to quite frequently, it's the food market at the V&A waterfront. So the V&A waterfront is a beautiful little pedestrian area where there's like shopping and restaurants and it's like very touristy, but there's also this place called the food market which is more local and our friend Jacqueline took us our very first day in Cape Town and they just had awesome food there and we had this like flatbread that's made from I don't like potatoes and had like arugula and cheese and chicken and just really yummy delicious flatbread. Is it a Tunisian flatbread? I don't remember. Tunisian or Hungarian? I I can't remember Something exactly, like but it was absolutely delicious. My sister and I got it like two or three times during that whole trip. And just the whole market itself is really cool because there's lots of options in there. They had a fresh pressed juice place that I really liked, an ice cream place to travel like the creamery. So that was an awesome market. And then so we went to that market I probably four or five times. And that's open, I believe, every, every day. day. Right. And it's and it's right there. It's like an indoor food court at the VA waterfront, which if you go to Cape Town, you will be at the VA right. waterfront. But then my second favorite, which is maybe even better than the the V&A food market, is the Saturday market at the Biscuit Mill because it's huge and it's only on Saturday, so it makes it feel extra special. It's always packed with people. I mean, we went on the worst weather day I think Cape Town had seen. It was like just dumping rain. It was super windy. And, you know, this market is like half indoor, half outdoor and you couldn't even find a place to sit. There were so many people there. There are so many vendors there. I walked in. I didn't know there was a second back 
portion. So I'm like, wow, there are so many food options here. I just started walking around. I, you know, people were trying to get me to buy stuff and I was, and I'm like, how am I going to eat all this? And then I look back and I had only gone through half of the food part of the market. And the second half was even better. I mean, yeah, it you, was... could, you could probably eat at, I'm going to say a hundred different vendors and each vendor might have like three or four different things. You could probably go back. It's only on Saturday, but let's imagine it was every day of the year. You could probably go every day of the year and get something new. And the food was fantastic. And everything we tried, we tried a lot of things, was very good. We were with a couple different people, so they also got things, and we would try a bite of it. And just everything that we put in our mouths was absolutely just delicious. And That's a must. If you're in Cape Town, go to the Old Biscuit Mill Saturday Market because the food stuff is only set up on Saturday. Right. And the Old Biscuit Mill is open more days of the week, I think every day of the week or something, but it doesn't have the food market. So... If you're only going to go once, go on Saturday. And if you're at the old biscuit mill, you're right around the corner from the Devil's Peak Tap Room. So there you go. We just gave you your whole Saturday, guys, when you're in Cape Town. Move on to your number four, because as I said, my number five was Torchy's Tacos. We've already hit on that. Okay. It was fantastic. Your number four. My number four is not a restaurant. Do tell. So this summer, Trav and I went to Corsica. And we stayed there for seven days. And it was one of my favorite trips of the year because it was just us relaxing and having a nice time spending some quality time together. And what we did quite frequently during this trip was picnic. We just picnicked on the beach either at lunch or sometimes for for dinner, you know, for like a sunset meal at the beach. And it was so great because, you know, where our hotel was, we stayed at the Radisson Bloom. In Ajaccio, and we used hotel points, but it was like the beach was right there, and there were all these cute little shops next to our hotel. So we would walk to the shops, buy some cheap wine, buy some great cheeses and meats and bread and whatever, and then just go sit on the beach on a towel and watch the sunset and eat food. And it was just cheap which made Travis happy Very. and romantic, which made me happy and delicious, which made both of us happy. Corsica. We could go on about Corsica for a while. That is a really cool place, really laid back and lots of good food. I think there might be another place on your list from Corsica coming up. So I'm not going to spoil that. My number four, I, I, this is the first time I'm cheating, actually. We've gotten all the way to number four. <laughs> I haven't cheated yet. Surprise, I'm going to throw surprise. in two places. Heather kind of alluded to this already. In Cape Town, if you drive east along the coast on the garden route, you uh, do hit some really cool places. So after being in Arniston, where we told you I had the worst night meal the night before, we went through this town called Wilderness, and there was a place that had come recommended to us, again from the guys at Friedenberg Manor, Leon and Luke, who had recommended the place in Arniston that we didn't like. So we were a little gun shy, but they said, you got to go this place called Salinas in Wilderness if you pass through. And we're like, oh man, we we didn't have a good time the last night when they recommended us, but we'll give it a try. Great restaurant, three stories. You're looking out over the beach. You can see whales in the distance. And if you get the what I'm calling the Trav Special, which is the half grilled calamari, half fried calamari platter, it is some of the best calamari I've ever eaten in my life. Heather and her sister got some really good stuff there as well. It was so good we actually stopped on the way back as well. Yeah, they had a fried calamari platter, and but I wanted some grilled, so they did it up for me, half grilled, half fried. It was the perfect amount of each. The vibe is really cool. It's a great location. Um, it's a good pit stop as you're going through these small little towns, and it was, oh man, it was 
it was some of the best calamari. Up there with the calamari that we've had in Croatia that we've talked about before at Buffet Fief, which we didn't go to this year, so it couldn't make the list. That's my number four, tied <laughs> with a place. If you keep going past the wilderness, you eventually get to a town called Plettenberg Bay. And we did a crazy long hike there one day. It was about six hours. And that night, again, we were super hungry. And we went to a place that was recommended called the Fat Fish or Fat Fish. I don't know if it's called the Fat Fish. I think it's just Fat Fish. And again, the, the seafood, seafood is uh, so good. So again, I got so good. I got a half. I got a fried calamari plate again. I ate a lot of calamari on this trip, but it wasn't like super. Fr- it's not like the fried calamari that you're used to in the states, where it's like really heavily breaded. It's this lightly breaded calamari. Yeah. Heather got some fantastic salad there. Yeah. I say fantastic a lot. I but know this salad food, was like a it. light, like a light shrimp tempura on a really nice fresh bed of greens, and it was just really absolutely just stunning. The food was. So good. And, you know, we had fish and I forget what my sister had, but whatever she had was really good, too. I think she had fish and chips, but she did. And the fish and chips, again, not super heavily breaded, which is why I think we liked it so much. It was very good. Everything we had there was absolutely just to die for. And that place of fat fish was a little more expensive. So almost on par with what you'd pay in the U.S. I mean, like 15 some of the some of the things were like fifteen dollars, which right for a South little Africa, expensive for, for a little expensive, but still affordable. It's but it's a really nice restaurant. Again, it looks out at the ocean. Here was the salad. I actually wrote it down in my notes. Oh, so I nice. just I just found it really quick. Tempura shrimp, avocado, caramelized pineapple, ginger, sesame, and greens. Oh my gosh! With some kind of light dressing. Delicious. Fat fish, definitely recommend it. You, you're going to have to call for reservations because we were there in the off season and it was still packed. But those are my number four. Uh, Salinas in in the town of Wilderness and fat fish in Plettenberg Bay. Get the calamari at either those places or any type of seafood that you prefer. Yeah, really good stuff. So my number, what are we on? Number, number three. three. My number three. So I am going to take it back to Thailand I feel like Thailand has hit a lot for us, which it always does. But we were in Koh Lanta and we were there for about five or six days. And Travis loved the Funky Monkey, the milkshake. Uh, but, it's called Monkey Business. Oh, Monkey Business. Oh, sorry. Funky Monkeys in Chiang Mai. Anyway, I digress. We went to this amazing restaurant, which I'm is, actually surprised this isn't number one on your list. Which is is rated number one on TripAdvisor of all the places to eat on the island of Kalanta. Which, which TripAdvisor sometimes, and maybe you're going to say this, I cut you off, sometimes is a hit, sometimes is a miss. But if something's rated number one, it's probably pretty good. Right. So, And also, you kind of need reservations to go to this place, too, because it's a very small, little out open-air restaurant, and it's all fresh. It's like farm-to-table. And it's organic and it's... It's run by a French woman. A, f- a French woman. So it's like French, but Thai infused. So it's... You can order different types of meats and they're all like fresh grilled meat. Like nothing is heavy and fried or anything like and that. And I think there's only like five or six choices, right? Yeah. It's like and a then, fish. It's some beef. It's a pork nut. Not pork knuckle, but a pork and rib. And there was or rib or something like that. And there was chicken. So you, you chose your meat and then you chose a couple different sides. And all of the sides were just really well done. Lots of different flavors. I mean, Travis is going to pull out his notes here again. Well, I because, just, the sides were, keep talking, but the sides were I mean, there was something fantastic. that had like a sweet potato side and just like really unique, very 
full of depth and flavor, all these different little dishes. Dirty rice, potato smash, yeah. pumpkin feta salad. Yes, were all the, the pumpkin sides. feta salad. And then they gave you these sauces. So you got to pick the sauce that you wanted to dip your meat in. They recommend, but they had all these different dipping sauces. So it was neat because you could get all these different meats and then these sides. And then you got these sauces. And you could try each sauce with each meat and, and how it went with each side dish and yeah, and then we had like a dessert, which we were so full, but they talked us into dessert and it was a lemongrass um, creme brulee. Everything was just so amazing. And it's one of those meals that, you know, was so gourmet and so unique and so special that if you had it here in the US or somewhere in Europe, you would have been paying like hundreds of, you know, hundred plus dollars. And so on Colanta, you know, I think we went out of there was uh, four of us, Trav and myself and his parents. And, you know, I think it was maybe 60 or $70, which is a lot for Thailand. But to have an experience like that, it was just exquisite. I in, loved it. In my notes, I actually wrote, this is a smalls, as in Heather, is her <laughs> nickname. This is a smalls type place because it was like fancy. I mean, it was, it was a really cool spot, but it was pretty fancy and a little more upscale and more expensive. But it was well worth it. Which, it's that perfect. being said, you could still wear flip flops. You know what sure. I mean. But it, you know, it was really, it was a great spot. And it, did I you mean, ever say the name of it? Oh, sorry, it's called Yang Garden. <laughs> yeah, Yang's Garden, um, right there in Koh Lanta. Yeah, great spot. I'm going back to Cape Town again. Oh for my, my gosh, three. half your list is in Cape Town. It's all well, three are in Cape Town. Three out of ten. We did spend a month there. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of eating going on there. And I'm going to a place called Beluga. And this was a fancy <gasps> oh, restaurant yeah. in Cape Town, quote unquote fancy, one of the nicer restaurants. But again, because it's it's pretty cheap right now in Cape Town, you could get a three course meal for 190 Rand, which when we were there was about $15. And so you got a good, you got an appetizer, you got a main entree, and then you got dessert. And I got the calamari again this time. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was not my favorite. It was okay. Um, Heather, you got um, I think some, I got ribs. some beef ribs, which are pretty good. But the reason this is number three and the, the meal that's number three, it wasn't even my meal. It was your sister's. And this is the springbok. And springbok is their national animal. It's kind of like a gazelle. And I had never eaten springbok before. And this springbok, which was cooked medium rare, was so tender and so good. It like melted in your it mouth. It melted in your mouth. And I was bummed because I only got like two pieces of it because it was it was Heather's sister's Julie's meal. So I couldn't eat the whole yeah, thing. And it's gourmet. It's not like a huge honking steak. It was probably like six small pieces of very sliced filet of Stellenbach. And uh, Springbok. Springbok. Stellenbosch yeah. <laughs> is there. A Springbok. And Spring it was bok. that good that only th- two little pieces were enough to be my third favorite thing of the whole year. So That's at impressive. Beluga in Cape Town cool restaurant anyway, get the Springbok and get the three-course meal because I think the Springbok regularly was like 150 rand, so you're talking like 13 bucks. And then if you get the three courses, it's only like an extra dollar or two. So cool specials and uh, the Springbok, yeah, it melted in your mouth. My number two is in Corsica again. (laughs) So we went to Corsica and the food was just so good because it's French... It's a French country and it's part of France, but it's a little cheaper than some parts of France. Like if you go to Paris, you know, you get overwhelmed because it's expensive. Well, Corsica, you can go out and eat and it's just pretty normal pricing. So we had mussels three different times, well, four different times when we were in Corsica. 
But three times they were absolutely spectacular. And the first time we had them was at Don Don Quixote. Yeah, Don Quixote in Ajaccio. In Ajaccio, in, in the town of Ajaccio. And they were absolutely delicious. I'm not a huge mussels fan. I, I've started to like them a lot more because Heather really likes them. And she makes them very well. So sometimes when I go out and we get mussels, I'm a little underwhelmed by the mussels. These were the best mussels I've ever eaten in my life. Yeah, they were great. They came with a big bucket of fries and fries fresh bread. Fries were fantastic. You know, it was just a great spot and they were really awesome. Then we also had them at some other places, but the other stunning place that we had them at was in Bonifacio, where we, you know, if you ever go to Bonifacio, it's this beautiful, like overwhelmingly beautiful little port town where all these humongous yachts come in. Yeah, we're talking multi-million... Some like what we saw a yacht pulling in that was the 12th biggest yacht in the world. I looked up on Wikipedia. It had its own Wikipedia yeah. page. It's very fancy and very beautiful, but they have a whole promenade like right next to all of the the ships where there's just lots of little restaurants. So, you know, the restaurants range from, you know, high to low, but most of them are pretty mid range and almost all of them have mussels. And I don't know why we really decided to stop in at this one place, but we did. And they had a special Corsican muscle, it was called, and it had Corsican cheese. So it was like a creamy muscle. It was almost like, like a eating mussels in Alfredo sauce. But better, not as not as heavy as not that. Not as heavy, but it was, a, it was a thick sauce. Do you remember the name of the place? Um, I think we wrote it down, but we, we'll we'll find it for the show notes because I don't remember offhand the name of it, but it was so good. Yeah, I preferred the mussels. It was good. It, it got to be a little heavy. I preferred the mussels at Don Quixote in um, Ajaccio, but these were a different take on mussels. Right. And, and if you like mussels, which I could eat mussels a lot, you know, for me, it was really cool because it was very unique. Yes. Um, definitely check out if you're in well, if you're in Corsica, you're going to eat mussels because everyone serves them. And Don Quixote in Ajaccio was the best ones that we had. My number two is a place that I now call a five. So there are only probably, I can think of three places that I've ever eaten that I rate as a five out of five. And there might be a few more, but I can think of three off the top of my head. One is going to be my number one. This one is my number two. And then there's a place we didn't eat this year um, so it can't be on the list, but if you've heard some of our older podcasts, we talk about favorite food, that is Al Antico Vinal in yeah. Florence, and their sandwich is a five to I me. can't believe we didn't eat so, it this whole year. We did a taco tour in Austin, and uh, we tried to hit all these spots, and this one spot I tried to go to, and it was a tiny food truck that was run by a little Albolita, a little uh, grandma, Mexican grandma. She was the only one who worked there. It was called. It's called Tacos Guerrero. And it's in like a deserted parking lot in this not so great part of Austin. But I had seen recommendations of it. I think it got like a five out of five on Yelp. I forget where I found it. I'm like, I got to go here. So I biked out one time. It wasn't open. Biked out again. It was open. One lady making tacos. It might take her about 20 minutes to make you a taco because she actually hand presses the tortilla in front of you with her little like manual hand press, makes the tortilla, makes, makes it, the pico de gallo, makes the pico de gallo. You know, she has chicken, pork. She has like a, you know, there's probably like six or seven options. It is worth every minute that you spend there and it is worth every cent of probably the $2 that the taco costs. It is the best tacos I've ever had in my life. It is a five out of five. Tacos Guerrero in Austin was my number one taco spot. And that's saying a lot because there are some phenomenal tacos in Austin, including yeah. Torchies, which I really loved. 
but the experience here, the fact that this lady it was very authentic. It was very authentic, and the flavors felt just very because like Torchy's tacos is cool because they have like so many different cool like bursts of flavor because they do all these crazy things right they throw a lot on most of their tacos it's, it's pretty neat this is simple this is just here's like chicken here's pico de gallo here's some sauce here's some lettuce yeah but, the but chicken, it's the best of it all the you know chicken, the flavor from the meat is so awesome and i think we got chicken a, a pork if we had known it would have been that good this was like the last place we went on our taco tour we were pretty stuffed at this point um i got two tacos i wanted to get more except i knew it would take us another half hour to have them made but head to tacos guerrero She's so nice, and the, it's the best taco I've ever had. It's a five out of five. Wow. Your number one that you've had in 2015, my the number best one. Meal. Well, my number one is my number one for a few different reasons. The first reason is that it was so good that I made Travis go here two times in two days. I'm trying to think, and I cannot place what this would be. And another reason is that I bought into this restaurant, Hook, Line, and Sinker, when I made Travis purchase the cookbook for me. Now I know. Okay. And I ordered spices from them. And then the last reason is because it was for my birthday. This is a fantastic... This I say fantastic again. This restaurant should have been on my top 10. I just forgot about it. So, which was crazy because it was only like a month and a half ago, but we were in Sedona for my birthday this year and we had a great time. We've never been to Arizona before, never been into Sedona before and we did some great hiking and got to really experience like some nature, which is really cool for us and... And someone had recommended this Elote Cafe. Yeah, uh, f- actually, two different readers, I believe, on Twitter had recommended or or through email. Th- so thanks, guys. I can't remember exactly who it was had recommended we go to Elote Cafe in Sedona. Right. And even our friend Nate, who lives in Flagstaff, said, oh, I don't remember the name of this this restaurant, but it's at the Annabelle Hotel. So, you know, make sure you, you check it out because it's really good. Well, we didn't really plan on going here, but then... You know, we were researching and we found, okay, well, let's go to Elote Cafe. But there was a, you had to make a reservation. And the only reservation. No, you can't make reservations. That's oh, you the thing. Can't you have make a, to show that's up. Right, that's right. And you have to wait. And you they have don't to take wait. reservations. They don't take reservations. So we, we, we roll up to the cafe and. And they're only open five to nine. Yeah. And they're like, it's going to be like an hour wait. And we're starving. So, we're, And Travis is kind of irritated it has to take that long. You know, he's looking at the menu and it's a very small menu because it's very, you know, it's one chef who does it all and he plans the menu. So it's kind of a small menu and Travis is like, oh, I don't know if I want to eat here. I don't even see anything on the menu that I really want to eat. Long story short, we like thought we were going to leave the restaurant to go somewhere else because we were so hungry. We, we did didn't leave the restaurant okay. to go somewhere else. We did. We leave got the to that place. We realized... It was the same price as Elote. It didn't look as good. We turned around. I called to ask if I could come back to Elote because yeah. I'd given my beeper in already. Some, and eat if, some humble pine. Ask, you know, beg to come back. And for she our was like, scene. sure, come on back. And we went and it was incredible food. Incredible. Okay. So, yes, they don't take reservations. You have to go and sometimes wait 30 minutes to an hour. But they do give you free popcorn, which I became obsessed with because it has these really yummy, smoky Mexican flavors on it. And they sell the spices. So I bought the spice and, and I've now made, she eats it every night. I don't eat it every night, but I've made the popcorn at least five times since my birthday. And... 
you know, you can order drinks and stuff and they have places for you to sit outside. So it is a cool ambiance. Well, then you get inside and they have this list on the menu of things to eat. Well, we asked the waiter, what should we eat? Anyway, long story short, we had this like corn salsa, which was super delicious, which we never would have ordered which otherwise. Which is just called elote. Yeah. And that was awesome. And then I had my favorite meal, which I ordered twice in two days, which was a pork cheek with a corn pancake and like a kind of crunchy salad on it and some great Mexican sauces and just like the layers of flavor that this chef can create. Like I bought his cookbook. I'm so excited to try some things. It was just the best and I loved it so much. And what you ordered also was really good. I had a chili relleno the, the second night, which was good and uh, really good. And the first night I had uh, chicken enchiladas, I enchiladas. believe. Enchiladas. Which so, were fantastic. And, you know, it's a little pricey. It runs like 18 to $25 for an entree. That's not really expensive, but it's it's well worth the money. It does stink that you have to wait because it's always busy. I mean, we went... This was on a weekday, and it's just always going to be busy because everyone knows about it, I guess, there. Yeah, and well, Sedona is a tourist town, so it's, you know, always, there are always going to be tourists there. But so. it is very, very good Elote Cafe, and we're glad that I ate my humble pie, came back, went <laughs> that night, and then we were trying to decide where to go the second night. We're like, why would we go anywhere else? Let's just go back. So thank you for the recommendations from the people who recommended Elote Cafe, Heather's favorite meal of 2015. My favorite meal of 2015 might be a little anticlimactic if you listen to this <laughs> podcast at all, but I have to stay truthful to uh-huh. what my favorite meal was. And that is the dish. I won't go into it too much because you might have heard another podcast, but it's cow soy, which is a northern Thai dish, curry dish at a restaurant called Cow Soy Maysai, which I do believe now there have probably been over a hundred people either listeners to podcasts or readers to website who have told me they've gone there. So there's probably a lot more who have never even told me they've been there. It's a tiny little place in Chiang Mai. It is the best food I've ever eaten. We went there in February of this year. I have not been back since. Mm-hmm. I am jonesing for Travis, it. It is my I favorite food in the world. a question for you. What makes it your favorite food? The fact that it costs a dollar... Or the fact that it's so delicious or like what what is it exactly? Both. It costs a dollar and it's so delicious. That's what makes it my favorite Do food. Do you think if it was twenty five dollars, it would still be your favorite food? Um that would be a little bit of a tough pill to swallow because I would probably <laughs> eat there three times a day because after I eat it three hours later I want it again. So if they made it twenty five bucks, that might be a good marketing decision on I their think point. It's the MSG. Because I would probably <laughs> give them seventy five dollars a day. So if you're in Chiang Mai you have and you have to go to Cal Soy Maysai. You can't find it on Google Maps. I'm not going to explain how to do it right here, but it's in Santi Tom. We have some instructions on the website now. But Cal Soy Maysai is in Chiang Mai is and the Cal Soy there, the chicken version is the one I like the most. Is my favorite food of 2015. And my favorite food ever. Yeah, you do love it. You love it a lot. So there you guys have it. Let us know some of your favorite meals. You, I mean, if you want to come up with a list of your top 10, that would be awesome. Leave it in the show notes. If you only want to come up with a list of a few, tell us your favorite meals because you guys know we have now talked about eating for an hour. We love eating. We love traveling. So if there's a meal that's worth it anywhere in the world, we just might hop on a plane or get in a car or hop on a train and go there. So Leave your favorite foods that you've eaten, well, you, whether it's 2015 or 2014 or whenever in your life. Let us know in the comments of the show notes here. Um, you can get the 
show notes at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. You could also shoot us a message on Twitter. That's a really easy way to let us know your favorite restaurant. You can tag the restaurant. You can shoot us a message at Pack of Peanuts because, you know, we're going to do this in 2016. And we want to make sure we get enough restaurants yeah, so, that we can do another episode absolutely. worth of our favorite restaurants. So send us a message on Twitter at Pack of Peanuts. Remember, show notes, extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. You can also get all the names of the places we mentioned there in those show notes as well. Because if you're listening and you want to try to go to some of these yourself, we'll have them linked up in the show notes. Don't forget, if you want a little free gift, our video series, our Fairly new. It's been out for a couple months now. New video series, How to Get the Cheapest Plane Tickets Anywhere in the World. It's four videos where I tell you exactly what I do to get the cheapest plane tickets, show you exactly how to do that. That's totally free. Just text the word PEANUTS to 33444. That will get you on our email newsletter list. Yes, we are bribing you with a free opt-in thing, but then you'll get awesome new email newsletters every week or every other week, depending on when we get them out. So text PEANUTS to 33444. Don't forget, visit our sponsor, Tortuga Backpacks. Use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capitals, if you want to get 10% off your entire order. Last but not least, this has been a really cool thing, um, Hath, and I've been, I've been geeking out about this. I show you every morning. If you are doing any type of shopping on Amazon, any time of the year, um, we're recording this at the end of 2015, so a lot of people have been doing, doing holiday shopping. But if you're shopping any time of the year, you want to help support this show, all you have to do is go to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash Amazon or extrapackofpeanuts.com slash Amazon CA if you're shopping in Canada. What that will do is redirect you to Amazon and um, we will get a small percentage of anything that you buy. You'll obviously get the same fantastic deals that Amazon always has. Nothing's more expensive. It's exactly the Amazon homepage. But because you came through our site, we'll get a small portion of that. I've been checking every day, and it's been amazing the support that we've been getting from people. So just a cool way that people can help us out. Yeah, and it's so convenient because I have to say I have done most of my Christmas shopping on Amazon Prime this year, and I love to shop, so that's saying a lot. That is saying a lot. So thank you guys for the support. In that way, extrapackofpeanuts.com slash Amazon or slash Amazon CA. Thank you, of course, for listening, for tuning in. Your mouth is probably watering. Go grab some food. Let us know in the show notes what your favorite meals are. Thank you for making us the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. And until next time, happy happy free free travels. travels.